0: Think of a song that takes you back. Olivia. <laughs> this is what I call payback, by the way. This is my wife. So he asked me this question before we started. I'm surprised he's asking me again based on my answer. So I told him, right, said Fred, I'm too sexy. So Fred, Fred, I'm too sexy. <laughs> and it, the, the funny part is, when we think about these songs that, that have impacted us in one way or another, it brings us back to a place where you're like, Oh, I remember that time. For me, I remember Green Day coming out. I was in high school, and it was a summer that I'd met two really good friends, and we surfed all summer long. And it was one of the best times of my life. (laughs) No pun intended there, if you know Green Day. Um, But today, the one hit wonder that we're going to talk is about Mary and Martha. The thing about this passage is it reminds me of something really key and really important. Um, If you go to the passage in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, that's where we're going to spend a majority of our time. In 38 it says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered into a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. You know, typically, people, when they talk about this passage, they, fo- they kind of pit one another against each other. And I have a little slide. I don't know if it's up yet. It's about Mary versus Martha. I don't know if it went on there or not. There we go. We got Mary, kind of this hippie-ish headband-wearing person who's fun-loving, and then you have Martha with the kitchen-cleaning gloves. They kind of, when they go over this passage, they kind of pit one against the other, as though one is a better choice, and the other is not a good choice. And there wasn't really anything wrong or bad that Martha was doing. And a lot of times we can confuse that as oh, and we can become legalistic if you will. The thing about this is, is it wasn't the first time. You see, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they all had a relationship with one another. They would spend time with one another. In fact, one of the meals that they've had was right before Jesus was crucified, and it was there. And we see Martha doing the same thing, preparing this feast for everybody was there. It was, a, it was very custom. It was a custom of theirs to to serve, to, to provide sustenance for their guests. Culturally, Martha was doing what a host does. She's hospitable. And that's not a bad thing. Both Mary and Martha were followers. If you go to John chapter 11, we'll see that Martha was talking to Jesus about the resurrection. It was when Lazarus died, she went to him look, I know that I'm going to see my brother again at some point in time. I know when the resurrection takes place, I'll see him again. But that wasn't quite what the Lord had planned. And in that text, you, you get the sense from Martha that she had followed Jesus. She had, she'd been there. Both Mary and Martha were devout followers, enough so that they knew about the resurrection. They knew Jesus' teaching. So, there is this relationship that was more than just a surfacey facebook relationship it was it was quite deeper these women followed him so martha's anxiousness may have been for the very fact that through jesus teaching she knew that he was going to die soon and she wanted things to be perfect for her savior you kind of get this personality profile from Martha almost a type A-ish if you will. She was very focused very detail oriented. She had to have things a certain way and if it wasn't like the whole world was going to fall apart and collapse but she yeah, I have to commend her for the fact that she wanted to honor her savior in this and that's a great thing. Martha's choice was, was service and attending to the details. Again there's, there's really nothing wrong with that. But most criticize her for that. But you do get this sense of attitude. You do get that little subtle hint where she goes, but Lord, will you just tell her to come and help me? You get this, this almost comical relief thing going on here. This frustration that we, we know all too well. If, let me paint the picture for you. Maybe if you've had guests coming over to your house and, and you're home relaxing and the maid didn't clean it and your spouse comes home and she sees you or you see her just relaxing and your guests are coming over in an hour and the house is not picked up, you, do you get the frustration that I'm talking about? In our case, in our family... This is how this goes down. Olivia usually works in the evening, and I usually get off in the afternoon, and I'm home. And she usually doesn't get home until roughly around 8, 30, 9 o'clock sometimes, if she's talking afterwards with people and doing the necessary things she needs to do for her job. So I figure, okay, I've got some time. We can, well, what can we do in this time? Like, not like, what can we do to get in trouble, but more along the lines of like, okay. we can relax a little bit and then we can maybe like do something that's really necessary around the house. And usually what ends up happening is one dominates the other, like the fun outweighs the tasks at hand. And so our 150 pound alarm system, Gus as we refer to him, Gus, when the garage door opens, Gus starts barking. That's when we know, oh snap, mom's home. (laughs) And then it's like Lights come on, the cockroaches scatter. The kids are like, boom, I gotta find something to do. Give me some laundry, give me a dusting, something, 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 something quick. If mom sees me, we're busted. That's how that goes down in our family. We scatter like cockroaches, all fold laundry. The kids will grab a broom, and one will be, you know, twirling something or other. And that's how that goes down in our family. The frustration we have felt before of, wait a minute, you had five hours and nothing is done Uh, uh, you know that feeling of I'm busted I got nothing (laughs) there was two choices made one was a big picture choice here the other was a, a here and now choice Mary's choice was to sit at Jesus feet to listen to him as Jesus defined it, she chose the good portion. Now, I have to imagine that when this, when this text is literally read, I have to envision Yoda reading this. Because, and I have to think that Yoda was Jewish because of this. Because literally how this sounds is, Mary indeed the good portion has chosen, which will not be taken from her. I'm not a huge Star Wars junkie, but I have to, I mean, this phraseology of it all, it's, it cracks me up. The literally, Mary indeed, the good portion has chosen, which will not be taken from her. That's how it literally is translated. But most try to smooth it out. Most translators smooth it out in saying, Mary made a better choice. Good job. Yay, Mary. Mary made a better choice. Literally, she chose. The good portion. So, what? Why portion? Why? Like, what? What exactly are we talking about here? Like, what? What, what is this? Is it is the portion Jesus? Is the portion that she was? You know, just what, what? What exactly is this? The portion refers to quantifying something as your share or your part, your lot, as in your lot in life. This is your lot in life. This is your portion. It's divided for you. Here it is. King David put it, and as he refers to it in Psalm 119, 57, the Lord is my portion. I have promised to keep your words. In Psalm 142, he puts it, I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Mary's portion was enjoying her lot where she was savoring the savior if you will enjoying his company drinking in This the fellowship have you ever been around people that you just they are a magnet some were magnets for trouble but others you're just like i love being around this person i just i they are so fun so inviting i want to be around them you get that sense that they really enjoy that, and that was Mary's portion. And you see this this depicted as she is sitting at Jesus' feet. Well, in Jewish history, in Jewish culture, it was the disciples, those who were being discipled by a rabbi, those were the individuals that would sit at the feet of their rabbi. They were being taught, educated, so Mary was thoroughly enjoying this fellowship. She was being taught. She was enjoying conversation, and she took that role on as a disciple, if you will. She sat at his feet, and she enjoyed his fellowship. How this is a one-hit wonder for me could, could better be illustrated sometimes in my life, as my wife had pointed out. I came home one day... And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's supposed to rain this weekend. I have to mow the lawn. Like, I can't even see the fire pit in the backyard. I'm going to have to do one of those things where I'm going to have to angle the lawn mower to just kind of, like, chop it, chew it down a little bit, and then go four feet and, like, have to empty out the side compartment and then just kind of mow four feet. And I'll eventually get it down, or I could weed whip the whole thing or just put Roundup on it all. And I was so, I was like, oh, gosh, the rain's coming. I'm just not going to, I'm just, I got to do it. I got to do it. And Olivia's like, you know, TJ and and Tegan are, you don't really have anything going on tonight. You know, why don't you spend time with them? Like, the lawn's going to be there. The lawn's always going to be there. But they don't have anything going on. And you have this opportunity to be with them. You have this moment where you can spend that time with them. They're only gonna be ten and twelve once, and it was just like, "Ah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely." So I taught them how to use the lawnmower. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't. Teachers like, "Hi, Dad." No, he didn't lose his hand or anything. The good portion and the big picture was spending time with my son and my daughter. The lawn can wait. But for me, the good portion was enjoying them. We all have choices. We all have choices to make. Lee, if you'd Come back up here. See, some of, the, some of the choices that we make, some of those choices are, are big picture choices. Some of these choices that we make are, are smaller. They're more here in the now. But the good portion that God provides us is, is an option. To my kids that day, there was no clearer gospel meshe- message to them. There was no clearer gospel message than despite what's going on around, my father loves me. My dad loves me despite of his responsibilities and what's going on, he loves me. So we make a slip and slide or we go do something crazy and get in trouble for it later. But there was no clear gospel message. And if you haven't put the clues together, I'll clue you on on this little secret. We are God's portion. We are his inheritance. He loves us. And by the actions of his son, we get to partake in that friendship, that relationship. And it's through that that we know we are loved. He chose, Jesus chose, God chose the good portion, which is us.